Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Developer Branded Podcast. With me today, I have Demetrius. Demetrius, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, man. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Dude, like, you know, I think it's pretty cool you're in developer relations. How long have you been in it? Uh, so I'm, I'm uh, coming up on my, like, first year doing it as a as a job, but... um. Yeah, I've been I've been a developer for about four ish years now, and nice. I'd say the whole time I've kind of been doing very very similar, you know, kind of kind of things outside of the job, which I think almost every DevRel can say. But yeah, yeah. nice. That's what's funny because I've been to Dev for like four to five years now, and I just got to DevRel like two months hey. ago, just like um, Daniel. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm curious though. I'm curious. So. What is it that got you into DevRel in the first place? Did someone approach you because of the content you create, or did you actually apply for the position? Uh, so it's it, it's it's interesting. Um, we, you know, the, the the whole idea of DevRel is kind of like most of the people that work in it, especially because it's it's still fairly new. I mean, there's there's always been somebody who's been doing you know DevRel at companies, uh, but it, it just really started recently having a you know a name and and gaining kind of traction. So. Um, I think that, you know, through the the times that I was, so I worked in front end like UI for, nice. um, you know, a handful of years and, um, you know, bootcamp grad myself. And, you know, when you're going through your bootcamp, they always tell you like, you know, get connected on LinkedIn and, and you know, put yourself out there and don't be afraid to message people. So like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty, you know, active guy when it comes to conversations and networking. Like, I'm not really afraid to have a, a conversation with really anybody. And, you know, so for me, when when I heard that, I was like, "Oh, okay, word." Like, I'm definitely gonna have to, you know, hop all over that. So I <laughs> I got out of my boot camp, started networking savagely, um, and and you know, you hear networking and it always sounds kind of lame, right? Like, yeah, you know, it always sounds weird. But networking to me is networking to me is just like building your friends up, like like meeting people yeah. and 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 shooting the shit in the DMs. You know, I think that's like really. For me, that's that's networking, and I, you know, so I, I started there networking, finding people who were like really killing it, like people were putting out content, and you know, this is four <laughs> years ago, and uh-huh. I had no idea what this looked like. I did this my first foray into tech. I did retail for seven years, like so. I'm coming here and I'm seeing all these people doing really cool things, and it's weird because tech, tech can be really bad. Like the 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 atmosphere of tech can be you know pretty pretty scary at times. But it could be toxic at times too. Super toxic, super toxic, yeah. and. But I think there's another side of of the tech community and tech that is really cool, which is that it's like it's cool to to teach, it's cool to create, mm. it's cool to help people, right? Like yeah. it's it's very encouraged to be somebody who is helpful and and creative, and 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 it's even more helpful for people that really want to help other people and teach people. So uh, I kind of went down that track, started a meetup, have been running a meetup for about two three years now, and um, whoa, that cool that. Uh, so it's called React Adelphia. It's oh, okay. Uh, it, it, so we started as a, of course, you know how it is. <laughs> Got to rep the city. Oh, um, but yeah, we we I, I started that with with a really great group of organizers um, at one of the UI jobs that I was at, and before That's that, I had cool. a I had another React. But that I'll tell you what, like that was when I started being approached uh, about you know just friends that I had made in the community, uh, yeah. specifically Jason Langstorff, really like. Nice. inspired me to to even think that he he literally sat me down in a call once and he was like dude like you do this stuff already just go get paid for it right and i was like <laughs> all right man like word i'm i'm gonna rock out and try that and 
uh, I left my last UI job that I was working at Comcast, and uh-huh. and then here I am, man. I'm I'm in I'm in Devron. I love it. Wow, wow. If if, if I may ask, hmm. so as someone who's in Devron now, right? Yeah. I'm very new to it, so I, I'm I'm trying to ask from someone who's the pro, which is you, right? Yo, so, man, I'm here for you. Even after <laughs> this, bro, you you want help, you. bro? I'm I'll hop on a call anytime with you, man. Thank you. You know what I noticed though about people in Devron that everyone's very supportive of each other. I love like, it. Everyone's like they watch everyone's back. And Hell yeah. One thing about Devron though is that the the job is not stable. At particular companies, right? At particular companies, it can't. It might not be stable. It might be. You never know because Devrel is still so new. Being a developer I, advocate, developer relations, etc. I think that really starts because a lot of companies don't know how to do it. Like a lot of companies are still struggling to find out what developer relations means to their company, uh, mm. and I think that's just because. That you know, and you look at a lot of the job postings, and a lot of them are, are looking for lead DevRel or or a VP of DevRel because they need yeah. someone to come in and kind of craft this new process for them. And, and I think that because it's still new, you're you're going to see even you know, there's only really like a handful of companies who are doing it just so well, right? Like that, you you know, off the top of your head, you you think about DevRel, you're thinking about teams like Netlify, you're thinking about teams like Alt Zero, right? Like these are these are just really well crafted organizations and. And you know they they do what they do and they do it well. And the people that work there are freaking awesome, man. Like like you said, they're so supportive. Like even these people with thousands and thousands and thousands of followers, like they're still regular people, man. They're still like you know what I mean, me and you, and 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 you know what I mean, we're doing the same thing. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's just the whole industry is still learning this this role. I think it is new. It is new. It's very new. I, that's what I feel very fortunate with where I work because. You know, our boss, our manager, Jonan, is amazing. Yep. And he's, like, going a totally different route right. from what I've seen other developer advocates actually do. Mm-hmm. Or maybe everyone else is doing it now. I don't know. Uh, it, it's totally different. So what do you do on a daily basis as a DevRel, your job? If it's sure. okay if you could tell me. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, And, yeah, I, I think it always will vary. But I think the one thing that you you see is there is there is similarities. There is cross, you know functional things that that even if you don't do them as a devrel your team still handles them with other people and i think that's the cool thing about devrel mm. what devrel lets you do uh especially like my boss at, at cloudinary uh duran he is the he's the man when it comes to allowing you to do what you're passionate about because he knows he's mm. going to get the best work right yeah so for me that's um, number one that's yo, huge god yeah no, that's huge. I agree. No, keep going. Sorry, I was yeah. just agreeing with you. No, yeah. So, like, for me, it's like um, when he, you know, I, I, when I joined the team, he asked me, he sat me down, he asked me, he's like, yo, look, what do you want to do? What What do you think you will provide the most impact doing and, and will make you the most happy? And and for me, that's like wow. community engagement and, and, and building stuff. Like, I love, yeah. I, I you know, I, I left the UI jobs because for me, you know, you, when you're building, when you're building someone else's idea, it's it's hard to feel as passionate, right? Like when, yep. when you're when you're consistently working on features that you really don't get uh, much of a say in, and, and some companies do you do, but you know a lot you don't. And mm-hmm. for me, working on side projects and like cool shit for like uh, you know like doing, I so I I, I have a, a project called MD Next, and okay. MD Next is basically just a, an ecosystem for Next.js. Uh, yep. And and different like best in class tools and and for me I, I built it just because I want to build really fast, you know I, I want to get to a if I have an idea I want to be able to spin it up fast and wait did you build this during work 
Uh, you, let, you build this? Yeah. So so it, wow. it's a little bit of it's a little bit of in a little bit of out of work. Um, and nice. and it's really because you know I so I built the media layer with Cloudinary and and it works so awesome. And I and I think that wow, you know you you see next just put out next image and and now I I have an understanding and an expertise to know like how I would integrate Cloudinary my own way. So they have loaders yeah. in, with Next.js uh, for their images, but. Uh, I just wrapped it with uh, another component, and and you know. So anyway, like you know, w- when I get ideas like that, I just get to do them, and and they're exciting, and and I, I don't know. I didn't feel that when I was doing just UI work before. So uh, to to answer your question, sorry, I totally got off point oh, there. What I do at work, uh, a lot of my time is spent kind of evangelizing internally too. Uh, I think that's kind of what people don't see from DevRel. A lot of mm. people see DevRel as, as strictly a, an external thing uh, where we're interfacing with the community and, and talks and workshops and whatever. And that's definitely like a huge chunk of the work. Don't get it twisted, right? But for me, it's also like finding connections in other teams like the SDK team or the docs team, the training team, the mm. product team, uh, and 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 meeting them where they live, right? And talking to them yeah. about features and talking to them about, oh, you're putting out a new SDK, like... Let me try it out and give you some feedback. Like I try to be customer zero for a lot of these teams so yeah. that they know that we're here to help them, right? Like we're not just here to evangelize the product. I, I want to make your lives easier so that in turn, all of my community, you know, gets the best products and the best SDKs and the best docs. Like, you know, and I, I think that's a really important part of DevRel that I think uh, doesn't get talked about as much. And then uh, on the other half, like I just build really cool stuff, man. Like I get to work on, you know, a, a lot of Cloudinary tools. Like I, I've been pushing for like OSS tools at Cloudinary and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of building our mind share in the o- open source space. And so I get to just like interface with a lot of really cool people from other companies and, and you know, do integration work and, and stuff like wow. that. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. I'm also working on a, a, a learning platform internally. So yeah, I, I get to do a lot. I wow. definitely get to do a lot. So you're busy. Oh yeah, I don't think any DevRel is 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 you know oh. lazily sitting around really. Oh dude, you know, I had no idea. Yeah, it's <laughs> I work. had no idea how busy this would be. Oh yeah, but it's a good busy. I'm like it's fun. I love it. it what is, about you? So, what, so like you're you're two months in. Like you know what have you been up to and 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 what do you like about it? <laughs> Good question. Very good question. Um, so yeah, we're still very new and we're still learning how to work with the entire company, right? So mm-hmm. we're not working on anything like documentation. We're not necessarily speaking with developers right? yet. Well, there was a developer advocate at the company already for, I think, a year. Okay. So only developer advocate. So that person does that. Mm-hmm. So this new team of developer relation engineers who was just hired, the which is 10 of us, uh, our job is totally different. Okay. So... Our main job is literally just to stream on Twitch. Oh, that's right. Like, which is cr- kind of crazy. So, I guess it's to bring up the like backstory to this. You know, I quit my job, mm-hmm. and because the company was toxic, I quit in the middle of COVID. Hell yeah! Uh, and I quit this job two months after getting laid off from my mid level developer position. Wow. <laughs> so, well, good. Yeah, you know, good for you for for taking a stand because I, I it's it's really hard for a lot of people to to kind of stand up to that toxic culture because you. You know, especially in a pandemic, like, you know, good, good on you for for getting out of there. And I'm so happy you've landed somewhere that you seem really excited about. Oh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was scary because for the startup that I quit, I moved from Las Vegas to Virginia. Wow. Like literally drove three to four, four days across the country to go here. And then you move across the country and then you quit. That sounds so stupid. And it was kind of <laughs> stupid, right? It sounds stupid, but it was the best decision I ever made because I put out a tweet saying, you know, I quit my job. It was toxic. 
that tweet went very viral. And that's when Jonin, the manager, found me and is like, Chris, I got a job for you. Yeah. And literally, just through that yeah. talk, it wasn't an official interview. He's like, you got the job. Sure. Um, And so, yeah, he told me this is what I'll do is all I want you to do, Chris, is stream. And literally, dude, that's all we do. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I know, I know a good a good uh, portion of the of the Relicans, and yeah, y'all are y'all are definitely on it. And I think you know, uh, so you know, we we're we're just meeting kind of in this conversation. Yeah. That's like the beginning of my DevRel career at Cloudernay. I was all of like str- live streams and <laughs> and like collaboration. Like this is yeah. the way to do it now. Like it's it's no longer just like hopping on calls and you know building stuff behind the scenes and stuff like that. It's like let's get in public and like build our products into each other and 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 talk about cool things like i I think that's the coolest thing about devrel is kind of like you know not only is everybody so nice but like i get to work with people outside of my company all the time right like i get to i get to work with some of the people that i really admire in the tech industry um and and have become friends of mine and i think that's like it's i'm very lucky to to be here like no doubt it's 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 an amazing job and it is a very small circle so you know don't make enemies. <laughs> Don't make enemies. But more than anything, just make friends. And that's what I love because with all the DevRel people out there that I've met so far, I've actually become friends with them. Because not many people understand what we do go through, though. Right. Not many people do understand that. For sure. Um, other things we do, it's just simple stuff like writing blogs or like this, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have my own personal podcast and I have the new relic podcast right so i'm scheduling nine podcasts from today to tuesday next week i tell you and what people people sleep on how hard content creation is man dude. like people people look at twitch streamers or even like gaming shit like i'm a huge gamma huge gaming nerd right like yeah i i that's the only reason i've even like blown up the the way that i have in in the dev industry is because i came in with knowledge of platforms like discord and and twitch mm-hmm. and all of that from gaming right <laughs> yes and, of all gamers know <laughs> <laughs> and people and people look at, you know, people who stream and make a lot of money and stuff. And it's like, wow, you know, that looks so easy. But like getting it's in front not. of a camera is, and, and editing and all of the processes that oh, come man, with content creation like that is that's some hard stuff. Like it, it's not it's not a walk in the park by it's any means. time consuming. The, the brain, the energy, what do you call it? brain power? The brain power. Dude, like it's a lot. But fortunately for me, though, like. So I guess a little backstory for me, just if for you to know me a little bit more, like I've been doing YouTube for almost five years now. Wow. And I, I've been documenting my journey ever since I was a junior developer to now on YouTube. Wow. Good for you. Which is kind of crazy. And so for me, when I was building my uh, career on YouTube while being a developer, I actually made it more of a priority to be better at YouTube and coding. <laughs> yeah. So I've been a developer for about five years now, but yeah. I would honestly consider myself like having actual experience of two years because out of all the time that i've been coding all these years i did put a priority in getting better as a dev because right. i felt like building a brand was more important okay and i'm not gonna lie i'm glad i did that yeah because that's literally the reason i'm where i'm at today right now like if i need to get a new job i just tweet it out make a video about it and i'll get like 20 interviews that week yeah, like, I think I think insane. it's like I think it's you know the important thing to take away is like lean in to the things that that you 
you know, notice that you either like or you're or you're or you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're good at. You don't always yeah. have to love the thing that you're good at either. Like that's, that's I think true. a misconception that a lot of people think, you know, they have to be so passionate and love the thing that that they're just good at. But mm-hmm. you can just be good at something and do it, right? Like and then yep. and then you get to enjoy the benefits, right? Like even like thankfully you do love the content creation, right? Like I love yeah. the engagement of communities. I love building communities. Like that's my passion. Like I love yeah. Like that's what I do as a, a consultant right now. Like outside of work as a consultant, I help uh, you know places like Apollo. Uh, I worked with them for GraphQL Summit. I built their Discord out, nice. uh, taught them how to use Discord, got the team into Discord, and then we ran an event of like three K people, and it was like, why you, know, you do now- that as a consultant? Stuff with just Discord, stuff like that. Yeah, like building that's communities. Cool. It's it's a, it's a lot of community work. Yeah, so like um yeah, so if, you know what started as just my passion and and I've been building communities since I was like fourteen in, in games. Like I used to build gaming communities all the time to to get people together and game together. And wow. who would have thought at fourteen, you know, it was something I was good at. It wasn't something I thought that I was going to make a job out of or make any <laughs> yeah. money from. It was just something I I enjoyed doing because it got me around people that were like minded. And and mm-hmm. now like that's my career. Like it's it's dope, but you know, lean into it, lean into what you're good at and and look at what it does for you. You know, like even when the bad things come like a toxic work environment, right? Like the the groundwork that you laid ended up being the the stable base that you needed to continue to move up. So, you know, good on you, man. I'm I'm really happy for you. Thanks, man. Honestly, I I, I can't imagine that I would be here because I was like homeless five years ago. And then now I'm not right. I'm like getting my own house. It's insane. But, I feel you. I've been broke my whole ass life. Like I said, I, I worked in I worked in I'm 27. Okay. Um nice. I worked in retail for seven years. Uh, I went to a boot oh, camp. Dude, I hate retail. So I worked All in retail and and for six years of retail too, I was making minimum wage. Like, you know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. like a manager or making really any money. So like for me to even think about the type of money that I make now and the way that I'm able to take care of my family, it's 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 completely mind numbing for sure. Yeah. Like, so you've been in for four years, right? Yeah. Thanks. So that was your life prior or during boot camp. So yeah. So here's here here was my like kind of I'll give you like a rundown, right? So I Please, I worked yes. I worked in retail for seven years, uh, like Paxon, Zoomies, Journeys, like if it was oh, a skate store, you, that's where yes. I worked, right? Yes. So worked at all those, and then I ended up at Vans, and I worked at Vans for a good two and a half, three years, mm-hmm. and by the time I left Vans, I was a store manager, so I was twenty two as a store manager at Vans. And I was like, Oh, this is dope. Like I'm 22 making like, you know, 40 K this is, this is good enough. Right? Like I'm happy. I'm, I'm comfortable. I got an apartment now. Like I'm out of the house. Great. Whatever. Uh, and then I, I went to like a a retreat and, you know, just met a bunch of people who have been doing it for a really long time and, and, and people that had been there for a while. Uh, and I realized like, I just, I wanted more for myself. Um, in, in, in that, I don't think that I was, doing my potential like i i mm. i felt like i was more creative than than just you know working in retail and not to knock anybody that works in retail if i had never worked in retail i would not be where i am today because of the way that mm. i've learned to talk to customers True. and sell stuff like i now know how to connect a product with a customer like that's yep. what i learned over those the you know that that near decade and so i i i this was when boot camps just started like really being popular it was like four or five years ago right so yeah. So the boot camp, uh, I went to, I, so I quit my job and moved back home, like completely like went the, the dangerous route and, and took out a huge loan to go to the, to the school and also support myself wow. while I was going full time. Oh, so, so you took a loan, not just for boot camp, but wow. But to support okay. myself. Yeah. 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 Cause I still lived in, in an apartment at the time. How I, long I, was the boot camp? 
Uh, Six the boot camp was was three months. Was three months full time. Wow, dang. Okay. And this it was in person, obviously. So like you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, so I did that, and then I um I spent three months job searching to find out my boot camp was absolutely terrible and did not prepare really any of us for the job market uh in philly they taught us uh ruby on rails and not that ruby on rails isn't hireable but in philly there's just no positions that were you know entry level or or mostly everybody was looking for senior developers to maintain a a ruby and rails code base right not like build new code um so yeah, so I spent three months job searching, couldn't find a job, got really stressed out, I was broke, my my Dang. payments set in, right? Like I was yeah. I was starting to get under that crippling debt of, of the loan. Mm. And so I went back to, you know, working at I worked at Best Buy part time um while I was like, you know, trying to trying to build a startup actually. I started building a startup um for about a year. Uh so I so three months of job searching after my boot camp. After those three months, and I realized I was definitely not getting a job anywhere. I was like, oh okay, like let me build a, a community for um, boot campers. So I called it Boot Camped. Uh, I, I like put it on t- LinkedIn. I was like, yo, like if you went to a boot camp, come join me, blah, blah, blah. And my idea was like, I want to see what other people are going through. Like, I want to mm. see is this a sole experience that I'm having of like having a really bad experience at a boot camp, or, you know, is it is it like a worldwide thing? So that blew up. I got a bunch of members to, to join, and, and it's because at that time, a lot of other people were also having, t- you know, a hard time with their boot camp and, and finding a job and stuff like that. Um, so push games to shove uh, that got built into a business, ran it for about a year uh, and realized I was doing a lot of like biz dev work and, and marketing and things that like I- I'm a good speaker. So like obviously that would be yeah. kind of the niche that I would I would move into. And I wasn't doing a lot of dev. And I and I really I was like, I quit my job for dev. I went to a boot camp to learn how to be a dev and like I'm not going to just abandon it. I really want to get better at it. I really want to learn it. So I decided I'm going to I'm going to leave the startup to my to my co-founder and I'm going to start learning like JavaScript and React on my own. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to I was like I'm going to look at the job boards. Before I did React, I like looked at the job boards and I was like, "Yo, Philly is hiring so many React devs like I'm yep. going to learn React. I'm going to get a job <laughs> doing React, right?" So I spent about probably 2 months just grinding courses just grinding courses and Where'd the you one get these thing, courses from so uh I, I was i was actually about to say so for me it was like i started on udemy like everybody else because we yep. see these cheap courses and we're like yep. you know oh dope 10.99 like all right i'll do that um but you, the the one thing i started to learn was is it's you you could definitely i found like andrew mead uh is a is a mm-hmm. uh instructor on on udemy for react courses and he actually lives in philly and i met him nice. great dude great content like nice. really great but you know you you got to come across somebody that connects with you and i connected with him i reached out yeah. to him and he we emailed back for us it's when we noticed we both live in the same area and you know push came to shove we met and it's been great since good friend of mine um but then i started moving towards like you know, the the platforms like Egghead and platforms like, um, you yeah. know, front end mass, whatever, stuff like that. Then I found Tyler McGinnis. I did Tyler McGinnis's full uh, kind of courseware when he was TylerMcGinnis.com. Wow. And that got me hired, man. Like, so I ended up like, wow, I did all those courses, built a bunch of projects so that my portfolio would have like, or at least my if GitHub I may ask would have. How many projects? Oh, man. I mean, I probably... Because I would go back and build a lot of the boot camp projects mm-hmm. in React as practice yep. to like learn how to do it again. Uh-huh. Um, so I mean, probably you know, you know, ten to twenty projects. If in- I may, if I may, just pause you right there. Yeah, I think that's the number one mistake many people make. Not that twenty projects, but they don't make enough projects where yeah. they just do what the tutorial teaches them. They put it exactly. on GitHub or their website, 
and that's they it. They can't no. speak to it, right? They can't, can't like that's so I I'm I have a buddy going through a boot camp right now, and I and I the one thing I explained to him was listen, you can have good code, you can have bad code, you can have this and that, whatever. You can have smelly code, you can have good, you know, well written, clean code. Um, either way, if you can't discuss what is going on, you're mm-hmm. gonna have a problem. You're gonna that's that's gonna be a hard time getting hired. Once yep. you have a really good grasp of like being able to talk to the to the what is a, this function doing and walking through it and discussing the idea and, and and defining why you use this function or this this class or whatever you know whatever your your code does if you can speak to it in a way that's clear and concise that's that's going to make someone hire you so that was like my my goal did all of that um and i then went into like the philly slack and saw somebody posted they were like hey like we're looking for a senior dev you'd be our first hire you know you'd mm-hmm. help us define the process whatever whatever so i messaged him and was like I'm not a senior by any means. Like I'm literally the most fresh junior you could ask for. I was like, but I want to help. I think your, your company's a really cool idea. It was called Red Queen. It was a nice. second screen um, video game app company. So basically we would take in game data and, and build like second screen apps, uh, like damage calculators and, and, and things like that. But we, um, I reached out, I said all this and I was like, look, like even if it's like an, just an unpaid internship, like I just want to, I want to get experience. I need experience. Uh, and push yeah. came to shove. I was hired a week later as a as a junior dev doing making forty k again. So like I finally got back to where I was before nice. I quit my job. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. Well, I mean, but like either way, forty k or not, right? As a junior, oh yeah. I mean, oh, I made forty five k as a junior, right? But like yeah. it's not it's not a lot. But yeah. that experience. Oh yeah. And, as and a I'll tell you, I'll junior tell you developer truth. compared to working at Vans. <laughs> so so that's that's the thing though. Like forty k isn't a lot but it it, yeah. it is enough to get by right like yep. it is enough to as a as an individual person that's enough to like live on your own and still not be like struggling broke every every paycheck and yeah that was that was an important like that was an important foundation for me to be able to like build to where i am today definitely yeah that's awesome okay so my bad my bad i didn't you're mean to good. cut you off no you're good man please do i'll never shut up <laughs> no like no I, I like talking to you like you speak really well by the way and i appreciate that I, it i feel like just i feel like i know you already that's what i love <laughs> about talking with you right now I love so that. if we could go back to that so you built you know your project 20 projects you got your first job as a junior mm-hmm. dev mm-hmm. how was that how was your first year imposter syndrome difficulties you face uh did you were you like me? I felt like I was gonna get fired every single day because I sucked that bad. But like, how was that experience for you? Um, so I, I I had a completely opposite experience. I think darn. So no, don't get it twisted. I have <laughs> imposter syndrome to this day. Like okay. I still write code and don't have any idea why I get paid to do it. But and so the, I tell myself every day. <laughs> but but also at the same time, I've also built up an expertise that I mm. I deserve to be paid to, to write code. Like I, I am making the right decision. So as much as I think uh, Chance, um, Chance Strickland had recently said to me, self-deprecation is, is funny and all, but but sometimes you start to believe it. And I think that that's a, that's a truth. And, and I try and say like, speak some speak some truth into existence like you are doing good you are doing some cool stuff like it's really easy to get enveloped in all the things that you don't do it's really easy to talk about all of the things that you could be doing and and if you had more time to do that it's that's never going to go away you literally could be making millions of dollars and you could still be feeling like that never get it twisted right so like 
take a seat back and 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 think about the things you are accomplishing. That's a really important piece. So mm. I, I'm I am going to tell you the story about my first job, but I think that's a really important. Like listeners out there, you, you're always going to feel like that. Like you know that that weird uncomfortable feeling. Uh, can be a superpower. It can be a superpower. If you start to yeah. look at the 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 you know the other side of the coin, which is the things you are accomplishing and where you were a year ago, where you were ten days ago, six months ago, like I can guarantee if you sat down and thought about your developer experience then and your developer experience now, you've come along a lot longer than than you, you know you you really believe. Um, but back to the main topic, uh, I definitely felt the imposter, but I'll tell you right now, I've been chasing uh, finding a job where I'm as happy as I was at my first job. Um, mm, I worked at wow. a small startup. It was, it was three founders who were all friends from like way back in their life. And they just built a company together. Uh, so like I worked out of my boss's home office, right? Like I would go <laughs> to his, his house t- 10 minutes down the road, 20 minutes down the road. Uh, and we, like I would TV just, show. it was, it really was. And I was working across from my CTO. Who's like an older brother to me now. Like he's, I, I still talk to him all the time. Uh, shout out Dan Dulion. Um, he, he really, he proved to me that there can be a good workplace environment. He mm. made me feel like, he just gave me the keys, man. He gave me trust and he gave me the keys. He said, yeah. listen, I know you're going to learn stuff. I know you're going to like kill it. Like, just do it. And and mm. like, I was, I was a junior and I remember getting into their code base and they were using Redux at the time. And mind you, Redux was still super huge. Like yeah. everyone was using it. Uh, and GraphQL started to creep its way into like, you know, popularity ar- around that time as well. And I really got fascinated by GraphQL. So I asked my boss, I like, I like, you know, I did research and I, and I found ways that it would make our code base, you know, a little bit more readable and, and clean things up for us. And so I said to him, I said, listen, like, can I, can I do this? And he was like, yeah, like if you can get it done within like a week or two, like then I, you know, you're more than happy. And that trust and, and, mm. and, and care that I got from my CTO at the time and, and really the rest of the team, like, I look for that every day for, for sure. And, 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 and I think that, you know, I finally started to feel that level of trust again in, in developer mm. relations. I think that's what a, a good boss, a good, a good manager, a good developer relations manager uh, is somebody who, who builds a team that they trust uh, yeah. and allows them to drive kind of yes. the, the way that they, that they move, you know? No, I, I agree a hundred percent. Like, so my junior position was a totally opposite. It was toxic no trust uh it it was it wasn't good at all that's and so when i left them my second job it was at entrepreneur magazine entrepreneur.com dude like my boss was the best boss ever there because yeah he'll give us work to do but like he made a goal to get to know every single one of us individually and i feel he made me feel like he was my number one fan on youtube too because i would upload like five videos a week on youtube and he'd watch every single one of them like and then when we would meet on a one-on-one meetings he would talk about those videos like you know and so he was the one most encouraging but even where i'm at now at new relic dude like he just jonan he just gives us all the trust in the world where he just says here i need this done who wants to take care of this you know there's no micromanagement he'll just follow up on this and if he needs help if we need help with anything but like that trust that you get it, I feel like it just empowers you so much. Like you actually you are more it. productive when you they freaking, give you that. You really need it. You like, like I've never like in UI jobs. I've oh never felt trusted. I've yeah. never, ever, ever, yeah. ever, <laughs> ever like, and that's what kept making me leave jobs. Like mm. you know, I, I just I consistently felt like you know what it is. 
I think a lot of companies love, love, love people that drink the Kool-Aid, right? Like that, mm. that, that come into the company and just eat it up, right? They, they yeah. eat up the culture. They eat up the product. They, they love everything. They come in with this, you know, crazy, you know, presence and, and, and like, not everybody's going to do that. Like, like I yeah. said earlier, like not everybody has to be like head over heels in love with their job to, to come and do their job and, and, and still do a good, you know, a good job. But yeah. I think you do definitely get, I think your best work when you're, when you are passionate or, or do love somewhere. But I think a lot of jobs expect that. And then it just, it never reaches that expectation. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I found myself like, just missing something as as a as a UI dev and and I think that I found it in in developer relations, for sure. No, for sure. And no, I agree, hundred um, percent. Man, this is cool. This is really fun. <laughs> so I'm looking at Twitter right now, right? And it oh, says man. that you're an instructor at at Egghead. By the way, believe it or not, I never heard of Egghead until last week. Wow, dude, you've been missing out. Yeah. Well, every time I learned, it was just literally through work. Yeah, they would just yeah. let me learn new stuff at work. Yeah. And so how did that happen? What do you do there? How did you end up? So when you say instructor, like, are you officially titled instructor there? Or do you just make some, like, blog posts on there? So Egghead is actually, like, a, a video learning platform. Um, and oh, it's a video learning platform. It's oh, a video. Okay. It's So, you know, I think the really unique thing about Egghead is that they make really um, focused uh, tutorials and and really focused videos where you're not ro- watching a kind of an hour long or two hour long video, you know, trying to keep your your pace and and know where you are. You're watching these smaller three minute, four minute videos that are in a collection that you can yeah. move in and out of. So like for me, when I was at my first job, my boss had an Egghead uh, subscription and he would let me like go on his computer and like learn stuff while he was you know doing CTO things and. Yeah. So I started with Egghead, you know, a little earlier than that and then didn't have the money to keep the, the uh, subscription going. Then I got the job at Red Queen and, and did a lot of my learning on the Egghead platform. And, wow. you know, I, I started um, I started writing. So I was doing when I worked at Red Queen, I built a meetup there at Red Queen called RQ React. Wow. Uh, and we basically because we built all of our second screen tools in React. So I basically told them, like, hey, listen, um, Let's make a meetup and and teach people how to build these tools by teaching them React. Like, let's do workshops and stuff. So while I was working at Red Queen, I was doing month to month workshops that I was writing myself, teaching myself, and and it also helped me. Like, I started becoming an educator because it really helped me to learn better. Like mm. when I was explaining things or having to to teach others or or learn how to teach others uh, around a subject, like I was able to dig deeper and think differently than I was just trying to learn on my own. Um, wow. so I did all these workshops. Great, great, great. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then I eventually did a workshop for, and I, it's funny cause when I was doing egghead, when I was like learning on egghead, I was like, how cool would it be? Like I told my boss and I remember we had this conversation. How cool would it be if like one day you were learning from me on egghead? And he was like, dude, if there's anybody that can do it, like, I know it's going to be you. <laughs> I, I did a workshop in Philly, uh, at our, our local Philly JS conference, yeah. uh, Liberty JS shout out nice. to Liberty JS. And I did an, uh, a workshop on Apollo, breaking down Apollo and Prisma and the way that you can use them together. And this is like Prisma 1. Um, and when I released, I built like a Notion board, uh, like a Notion page of yeah. of the workshop so that I could release it online. Um, yeah. And that was when Joel, the the founder of one of the co-founders of Egghead, reached out and was like, hey, man, like, uh, you know, I love what you're doing in the community. I love what you do for, for your content. You know, if you're ever interested in 
making videos for the site. Like, you know, I'd love to talk and it's kind of been history from there. Uh, wow. I definitely like I in in all of the work that I've been doing at, at Cloudinary kind of internally, I've lost a lot of my content creation uh, in the last like six to seven months. But yeah, like I, I absolutely love uh, being on that platform as an instructor and as a learner. It, it's serious. I highly recommend it. Like not even unbiased, awesome. like not as a as a teacher on there at all, like completely aside from that. I loved it before I started, you know, teaching there. So it's it's really it's awesome. really a dream. For Do sure. they happen to have an affiliate program? I'm just curious. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure. I know that they they the the process around becoming like an instructor is 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 has changed a lot in the past uh mm -hmm. like now you can actually reach out and you know submit i think an application for it where before wow. it was kind of like asking uh but they also have a learner's advocacy program where they basically kind of do you know what you would think you would do in in a program like that um yeah. they they help all you know help the community they answer questions they put together learning groups in the in the discord and and stuff like that so wow. th i think they they really they really understand the community aspect and i think that's why i love them so much this is awesome i i i've never browsed the website i'm literally looking at it right now as you talk beautiful right <laughs> really cool they, yeah, just, it's, they actually just redid it they like, just redid that. Like that's a full brand new refresh of the site you're looking at. Really? Yeah, okay. they just released this. Like, like maybe 150 a month isn't bad either. Like I'm trying to get my brother to learn code as well. Yeah. So he's on Treehouse right now because that's where I got my first job in like three months. Mm -hmm. But okay, I'll probably subscribe to this and just have him learn on here. Yeah, I, I I definitely like I definitely you know love the love the platform. I think the refresh that they just did it's it's really helping. Like it helps someone come with with the the ability to want to learn a lot but also really come with an idea of how they want to learn and what they want to learn like everything is on here all the topics like and don't get it twisted i still use other you know platforms like i still have a front-end master's subscription i think they do things really well in the way that they do long-form really, workshops masters. you're the first person i've met that uses front-end masters yeah I, you know what man the 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 and and it's funny because some instructors are shared between a lot of the you know different content creation companies like there's also scrimba scrimba mm -hmm. does like interactive code learning so like you basically have yeah. an in-browser uh kind of code editor that you do uh lessons and and workshops with with scrimba wow. like the, the platforms are are absolutely phenomenal and i think what really i love is is the care that they give to like for egghead and me like the care that that, that team gives to us as instructors and the way that they interact with us and, and market for us and and it's just like it's it's a dream. It's 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 a dream. It's it's really cool, and I I definitely recommend using it as a platform for learning. Wow, I'm learning a lot from you. <clears throat> you you must be a developer advocate. Nah, man, I actually just am a gamer that sometimes <laughs> writes code. That sometimes writes code. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Uh, if I may, if I may ask, right? Always do. Um, Never ask what? if you if you can. What? It. Who should become a developer relations engineer um so i'm gonna go with the corny like the super corny <laughs> answer and say like really like anyone that like really has a passion for for like community mm -hmm. I, I think that you know even as a content creator you're a, you're a, you're a community creator you're a community mm -hmm. you know that's what you're doing as a content creator. that's what you're doing you're when you're in the comments or or you're making response mm -hmm. videos, like you're interacting and engaging your community. No big content creator has ever gotten huge without interacting with their community, right? Like it's just, yeah. it's the fact. So I think you don't have to be a content creator so much to be in developer relations. Again, that's also depending on the team. But yeah. for, for me, I think anybody that really likes uh, freedom, 
I, I think that's <laughs> the coolest part of this job is, is yep. you know, I, I, I work the wonky hours that I work because for me, like nine to five never made sense to me. I don't wake up yeah. immediately ready to write the best code in, of my day. And I don't, by five o'clock, maybe I'm not done being inspired. What if at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, I want to be inspired by, you know, mm-hmm. something I couldn't fix at work. Like, and I'm not going to do work outside of work at home. Like if I'm leaving yeah. the office, I'm, I'm out of here. Right. Like, so yep. for me, developer relations has given me uh, the freedom to kind of make a schedule around what works for me and how I feel inspired. Uh, so anybody who's looking for like a type of freedom and, and, you know, has been, has been writing code. I think, you know, you, you definitely, from what I've seen in a lot of the positions, you know, having a solid structure for, for code and how to interact with others. Cause right. Like in a lot of other positions, you're building quick demos and integrations and showing people how to use the product, right? Like you're yeah. doing workshops, you're doing talks on, on Twitch, like you, you, you know, it definitely is is a is a step up if you've already been doing kind of education and creation. Um, but I think DevRel is getting big enough to where like there's a lot of different avenues in DevRel now. Mm, how so? so? So I think I, that, I'll ask for myself. Yeah, no. So I think that like look at look at me and you, right? Like we, as I said at, at Cloudinary, we definitely have content creation. Like uh, Tomas, who is one of my coworkers, he has JamStackTraining.com. Like he runs his own platform for, for teaching Jamstack. He then also does like a lot of conference talks. He loves doing conference workshops. Like that's his thing, right? Like that's the thing he likes doing and that's what he's good at. And, and he does that thing. And, and then for me, like I still do podcasts and I'll get on live streams and I'll do a talk at a, you know, a conference, uh, you know, but like recently I did Unstack Africa, which was a freaking awesome conference. And, Whoa. you know, for me, like I still, lo- I love doing the content creation, uh, but sometimes at work I, I have to do other things, right? Like sometimes I got to do integration work. Sometimes I got to do this and that. Um, so, and then, uh, Tessa, who is another one of my coworkers, she uh-huh. runs our MDE program and our MDE community, the media developer experts. And nice. it's kind of like the GDE program, but for media and Cloudinary. Yeah. Uh, and, she, you know, she runs that. She ha- handles the budget and, and really doesn't write much of any code. You know, the code that she does write, it's code that she wants to play around with to, to be involved in the ecosystem and, and, mm. and, you know, build cool projects. So I don't know. I, I think that there's like, depending on where you work, obviously, and, yeah. and what your manager thinks is important. And, and another thing is it depends on where you are. Like some DevRel are inside of marketing, like currently at, at Cloudinary, we're, we're in the marketing organization. Some okay. people live in the uh, product organization. Some people live in what is the, I think the most right idea, the developer experience organization, mm. which when you live, I think that is why, and Sarah Drasner put out a really great post uh, recently about like the DX and developer relations team at, at Netlify. But for me, you know, I think that a, a DX team allows you to then spread across those different things much easier than being inside of another organization mm-hmm. where if you're in a DX org, you then can have somebody on your team who is who works in DX, but helps the product team build new features and com- connect with the community and, and see not only what, because, you know, what happens is you you get all of these sales representatives and, and you know, customer support and and those people are really in place to build enterprise sales right like that's what they the and most you know enterprise companies need those top dollar um you know contracts but nowadays especially 
the the individual, the the non-paying individual developer that uses your platform, whatever it is, right? Yeah. That person needs to feel supported as well. That person needs to be yeah. heard. That person needs to be engaged. That person needs onboarding specifically for them, just as you would have onboarding for a new enterprise customer. So I think that DX allows you to kind of put the things in mm. place that that allow for really big growth there. Um, but some some companies don't need that, right? Like some companies nope. aren't an open source framework that need this like huge turnout of new developers for for you know c- conversion. And, mm-hmm. and I think for those companies, that's where marketing makes a lot of sense because then you're just you need to get your name out there. You need new customers to know that yep. you are an authority in the space <laughs> that you're trying to be an authority in. It, it's 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 totally different even if our company. So well, if the developer relations a new team that was made. Our job, yes, it, like we represent New Relic, but on our personal streams, on my on my YouTube channel, like other than my job announcement video, which fortunately is doing really well, uh, I don't announce New Relic. Yeah. <laughs> they same, don't want us to actually though. mention. I'm New Relic. I'm Demetrius Clark that w- that so happens to work at Cloudinary. I think companies that let you do that, that let you keep the personal brand, are doing it right. Exactly, because branding's everything. People got to trust you. Yep. People cannot trust the company that you work for if they don't trust you. Yep. You have to build that. See, I, I put out a tweet about this the other day. It's everybody and a lot of new developers uh, see these kind of grifty accounts, right? These accounts that are set up to just gain followers and have massive amounts of likes on their tweets and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like those people aren't building trust and engagement. Like those people are just building numbers. And and mm-hmm. that, you know, if that person suddenly becomes a developer relations person, maybe they've built trust with a, a, a subset of their community. But, you know, is, is there more? Is there more trust that you can that you can build, right? Because I'm not gonna use someone's product based off of somebody I don't know or don't trust's opinion on the product that I know works there. It's like, yep. if I know you work there, you have to tell me you like the product, right? Like yes. you have to sell me the product. But if I see you, the person, you know, Chris in, in you know, doing his thing and I'm like, oh, that dude's cool. What he's doing. I like what he's doing. I like his content. I trust his content. When he says things I get. And then you're like, yo, my product, you know, and you know, I, I know you said you don't talk about it. Or, or have to, but like, say you do, right? Say at one point mm-hmm. you're on stream and you're like, oh, something, 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 a new relic is really cool and you should check it out. People are not going to go check it out because they're excited about the thing. They're more likely going to go check it out because you're you're saying it. You're saying yeah. it. They trust you. They trust your opinion. Uh, and yeah. then they go and they find your product. And when you're doing good as a product, like it's even easier to build that trust because you know exactly. you're sending them somewhere that you're not just getting paid to tell them to go to. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going because you feel like it's a cool thing. That's important. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, on YouTube. So I became a developer using an online school called Treehouse, right? Yep, I'm known Treehouse. as a guy who became a developer in three months. Big Treehouse guy. And Yeah, I, I, loved, I love Treehouse. And awesome. So I'm an affiliate with them. So when people sign up, right, on YouTube, right. I get paid. I get, I get paid for that um, yeah. as an affiliate. Like if people buy Amazon products, sure. I get paid. Right, so... The thing is, on my videos, I never tell people to sign up for Treehouse. Yeah. Now, I, 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 the only time I do is when I make a video on where you should learn. Right, right, right. right. So, Which of course, I say that sense. there. Yeah. But I never mention that. Yet, whenever I have a meeting with Treehouse, they're so like, Chris, you're a top guy. Like, right. you sell more accounts than anyone else. Yep. And, <laughs> and I never sell the product. That. They, they know it. They know that you – and you were transparent, though. You were a transparent learner. 
you were out here telling people what you were learning, how you were feeling, mm -hmm. what you were doing, right? Like, yep. that's why people trust you because you were vulnerable when it sucked. You were yeah. vulnerable. You were honest when you weren't making money, when you weren't loving your job, when you were at a toxic place. Like, yeah. you know, the, all those moments that that were really negative, you were you were still honest and transparent. And people love that. People trust that. And they're going to continue to trust that as you work at new places. Yeah, exactly. Because of that brand. And that's why I do recommend that I think everyone should build a brand. Whether like this, I don't think there's such thing as a like there's big brands and small brands, but I don't think people should like look at the numbers and think that's everything. Because yo, I, I only have like eighty thousand subs on YouTube. Yeah. But like my brand is so much bigger than that. But I know yeah. people who have like five hundred K subs on YouTube, but no one gives a damn about them. You know what? <laughs> you know, what, you know what? To to that point, I'm gonna say the the idea of numbers equaling success is mm -hmm. is irrelevant because for me, right? Like I only have like 2,500 uh, followers on 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 Twitter, less than 2,500 mm -hmm. followers on Twitter. I I don't have like other big followings on other platforms. I streamed and it was doing really well when I was streaming, but I stopped. And for me, I still have a brand. I still have clout. But it's with individuals like yep. I have I have, you know, if you ask around and, and you start talking to people about who Demetrius Clark is, the people that know me are going to say, oh, that dude's like he'll make you excited about anything. He's a passionate dude. Like <laughs> you make me you excited know, about everything, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like and that, that's because I'm a passionate guy and I know how to yeah. invoke passion in others and I know how to connect. I'm a very empathetic person. Like I know I know what you know, I, I've gone through some really rough shit. Right. Like I mm -hmm. and 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 what I learned early in life, and this is kind of a non-developer, just like thought for me, when I stopped trying to compare my situation with everyone else's, I got yep. a lot. And, and, and when I stopped trying to compare someone else's situation to mine, because people who were killing it, you'd be upset because why are they, why are they doing great? And I'm yep. not. And then the people that aren't, you're like, well, you could just make better decisions. Why aren't you making better decisions? Like you, yeah. you're constantly in this kind of judge cycle, this judgment cycle. Mm -hmm. And once I dropped that and and became a lot more empathetic to the fact that, hey, someone's worst day may seem like a joke to you, mm. but to them, that's the worst day they've experienced. And yeah. everyone has experienced their worst day. So, mm -hmm. so when you take that into account and you're able to be a little bit more empathetic, that's the brand I want, right? And that's yeah. the way I people, I, you know, and and the jobs that I've gotten, the people that I've met, the the things that I've been able to accomplish, becoming consultant, that wasn't something I I like ideated and formed of my own volition. Like I was already doing community work, and then uh, my buddy Kurt Kempel, who is a uh, developer um, relations manager at, at Apollo, he reached out. And he's like, "Yo, man, like you've been absolutely killing it in the community space. Like we'd love to pay you to help us put together the the GraphQL Summit Discord." And I was like dude like thank you so you know what i mean like thank you so much yeah, like the recognition's that, awesome bro and it's it's that i care about how the people that i'm around view me mm -hmm. i don't care about how exactly. seven million people from across the world that i'll never meet in my life i don't care what you know <laughs> if they're it, it'd be cool if if i can meet all of those people and build these relationships with them i'm happy to like Good luck if i have right <laughs> if, I have, if i have 10k 20k followers one day and i get to engage with as many people as i can that's great yeah. but like where it is right now i like having a a, a kind of not smaller number but a number that's controllable where I, I can get back to dms i can yeah answer oh, people on twitter yeah. right the dms like, they, the add DMs. they add up they add even, up even when you don't have tens of thousands of followers yeah. they add up they yeah they they yeah they add up like they add up. if i could add up on that so Please i've do. spoken with a ton 
of developers who became developers from watching my channel. Yeah. And a lot of them like knew me from when I only had 6k subs, 10, yep. 20k subs, yep. less than that. Most of them. Yep. Which is kind of crazy because they tell me about Chris. I remember watching your videos like three years ago. The reason <laughs> I started learning code. And so when I was that small compared to where I am now, I had no idea the impact I had on people in the world. So like, because at that time, I kept comparing myself to people who had 100K subs, 200K subs, 300K right. subs in, the, in this industry, which is nice, of course. But even as a small does, right? creator, content like everyone creator. Everyone does that, right? You, like you, everyone yeah, does everyone that does comparison. That. Yeah, everyone does that. But like as a small content creator, you can have an impact on literally hundreds dude, of thousands of people, tens well, of thousands of people. Even, even just impacting one person feels oh, insane, dude. right? Like when you yeah. get those messages, when you get somebody that reaches best. out and is like, Yo, you really like, you don't understand. You changed my life. It's like, yeah. what? I'm just like a regular dude. Right? Like, I'm yeah. just, I'm just a guy that lived in Jersey his whole life. Like, you know, that was a know. manager, store yeah. manager. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm out here. I was selling you shoes a few years ago. Like, don't get it twisted. I never thought yeah. that I would be that impactful. But yeah, man. And I think that to, to, to wrap this up in a pretty bow, yeah. I do agree that, you know, I do think that everybody should build a brand, but I think that it gets conflated around what what a brand is and if it's supposed to mean like virality or or influencing. Like yeah. I think that you know the idea of like hero worship and influencing is a really dangerous idea because mm. you, you're not connecting with these people. You're just selling them uh, an idea. You know, you're selling them what you think they want to hear. What I want from people. What I want from a brand. Uh, you know, especially individualized brands. I want you to give me who you are. Make sure that you're telling me who you are. You know, when when I first started being a develop, uh, developer advocate or, or relations or whatever you want to call it, uh, I had a conversation again with, you know, my boy Jason. And I remember he told me, he said, listen, man, you know, to, to really take this, this career seriously, know that when you're an asshole online, mm -hmm. people will see that. Like yep. when you, when you, when you aren't your you know yourself on on the internet and and so much of our job is on the internet so like yeah. people don't really know us they just know what we put out into the world right mm -hmm. so for me and, and and this has been my, kind of my my whole my whole brand has been i'm gonna be the most demetrius i can be i'm gonna be dancing on videos <laughs> like if you look around you're gonna find me dancing on videos i love dancing like i'm a i'm a big like just east coast guy like i love having yeah. a you know i love being who i am and 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 if I can't be who I am at the job, if I can't be who I am in public, like I don't want to be there. So yeah. I keep my brand very consistent with like who I am, and and I think that that has also played played a role in your success. Is that people know you know people know who you are. That you're not yeah. just on the screen. You're you're you know you're somebody with a life and and, and problems, and and people know about them, and that's important. Exactly. Uh, I want to ask you one last question right before we end, uh, Devro. Do you see, still see yourself being in this in the next 10 years? Five years. Let's say five years. So that is a funny question because I like see, I, I've, I've had this conversation recently. I think that if I were to stay in the the like software world as like a worker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I I want to I want to lead a DevRel team. I want to be like a VP yeah. of DX. Like I want to. Yeah. I want to have the ability to hire others and build them up and 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 start building out what did what is a you know a, an entry level developer advocate do what yeah. is a mid level senior level like I'd love to start to define that process and and be somewhere but I mean I'll tell you what man like I think eventually 
if if that path doesn't work out, I think I'm gonna just try try my hand at, at building something on my own again, probably. Dude, I love you. I'm the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Like I love what I do. Like I yeah. I I tell people all the time. Like you know, like all of my boys from from back home, like. They're they're looking at what I'm doing and they're like, what the hell even is your life, man? Like, I like I remember I told them like they were asking me one day like, what are you doing today for work? And I was like, I got a stream in like two hours. Like, and they were like, what, dude? Like, what do you mean right? Like, so don't get it twisted. The job is dope and and yeah. I love doing it, but I don't know. I I want a little bit more creative control, and mm. I think that I think I'm just gonna keep being disappointed in aspects that I can't control. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think that that'll eventually lead me to trying to branch out on my own. I think consulting has shown me already that like, if I really focused a lot of my time, if I didn't do anything else, but like build content around my brand and consulting yeah. and things like that, like I could make what I'm making probably right now doing consulting, but more. yeah, if not more, but I think that I want to stay in this, in this world for, for a little longer and, and, and build my way up the ladder a little farther mm -hmm. so that I can know what I'm going to be dealing with, with the BS that I'm going to be dealing with when I do do it on my own. Right. Like yeah. I learned so much from watching other people do great. And I learned a lot from watching other people make mistakes and mm -hmm. I learn a lot making my mistakes and doing great things myself. So I think that if I want to be the best me that I can be and really run a, a successful business, I think I have a little bit more to learn, uh, yeah. around, you know, what, a what a company really does to operate. hundred percent. 100% man. Demetrius, yeah, man. Thank you for coming to the podcast. I had Where a lot of fun. Find dude. You? Uh, oh, I'm glad you did. I'm going to tell you right now, your best place to find me is probably Twitter at uh, Demetrius Clark. Um, I'm sure you'll have that in like the show notes or whatever. Yeah. But um, Twitter, yeah, uh, Egghead. I definitely am getting back to my Egghead content creation flow this yes. year. Um, and then, yo, check out if you're a, if you're a Next.js developer, check out MD Next. <laughs> GitHub.com slash Demetrius Clark slash MD Next. That project is is my my baby, my pride and joy. It's actually my first real like open source project that I've maintained, um, and I love building it. So yeah, if, if anybody has templates that they want to help contribute or or ideas, I'd love to hear them. Um, reach out to me, yo. DM me. That's the one thing I'm gonna leave this with. Don't be afraid <laughs> to DM me. You got questions about developing. You got questions about being a DevRel. Bro, I'm an open book. Literally <laughs> anybody can reach out to me. I'm a super easy guy to talk to um please do i'd love to help i'd love to help whoever i can dude thank you so so much for coming on here. i appreciate it i appreciate you having me man it was so nice to like meet and, and talk and i expect more from us soon everybody expect more from us soon <laughs>